The following is an actor portrayal. With Kindly Assisted Living and Memory Care at Asbury Methodist Village in Montgomery County, you can anticipate more. But don't take our word for it. My dad moved to Kindly and loved it. His apartment was spacious, sunny, and overlooked Parkland. It was a great comfort to me to see him always smiling and involved in the life at Kindly. Enjoy quality on-site nursing and rehab services, too. Visit Kindly at Asbury.org today. Equal Opportunity Housing Provider. Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how we can help you be next. Welcome to the Fandrax Toolshed. If you love Dynasty Leagues and prospects, you came to the right place, because that's what this show is all about. Covering the majors and all levels of the minor leagues to give you the leg up in your Dynasty Leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 54 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun episode in store for you today with a great guest. But before we bring on that guest, let's bring on my co-host from Fantrax HQ, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what is up, man? First pitch is just two days away. You said the, the, the Toolshed gang is going to be together for the first time. It's going to be great. I'm excited to meet everybody in the fantasy community. It's going to be an awesome week. Looking forward to it. And that starts in two days man that's crazy so as you're listening to this we'll be in arizona we'll be getting some live looks at a lot of players so we'll be able to hopefully give you some good evals on prospects as we'll be at you know arizona fall league hopefully catch a few instructs games as well while we're out there so it's going to be a good time and tonight as we're recording it's going to be a good episode as well that precedes that and looking forward to our guest this guest gave me my first start in the fantasy industry so it's a special honor to be able to chat with him just going back to you know almost a year and a half ago now, I guess we first ever podcast was on his show and a little bite-sized pod that we did the on the bumps. And then uh, my first ever article I wrote was with him as well. So looking forward to this special guest that we got today. Well, look at you just reminiscing going down memory lane. Good times, man. <laughs> so you probably already figured out who our guest is, but this man will also be out at first pitch, Arizona. Uh, he could be considered the Sultan of streaming, the King of Kelnick hatred. And a pitching maestro. That's right. Michael Simeone is in the house. Michael, what's up, man? Eric, uh, you want to tell everyone why I am excited to go to first pitch? I I, I can't <laughs> figure out why you might be excited, Michael. No, I, I, I got to get some duct tape ready. Yeah, I lost. Everyone probably knows that's listening. Probably has seen our bet or our bet updates throughout the last two months. I did lose the bet. He finished at like, what, 226 or something like that. He was like 10 yeah. points below it or something like that. Uh, he made a valiant effort. Uh, came storming back and got up to like 232, 233, like week and a half left. But then he kind of slumped again. So I did lose the bet. So luckily, Michael was being a, a nice a nice gentleman and not let, making me ruin my Kelnick shirt. Where it's a piece of <laughs> duct tape and then write the word socks on the duct tape so I can not have to you know ruin a very good roto wear shirt very high quality roto wear shirt um but yeah it'll be fun to fun to meet you meet you both in person because i think this is michael is this your first first pitch michael yeah my first one yeah yeah and this is clegg's first yes yeah, so yeah. it'll be fun to 
fun to meet both of you finally in person after talking with you guys endlessly over the last two years and yeah meet some other great people that i didn't meet last time so that's gonna be be a fun time but uh, we got this podcast before that and before we get into the show the usual housekeeping you can find us on twitter michael was at sp streamer chris is at roto clegg i am at eric cross 04 and our show is at fan tracks toolshed if you enjoy our podcast please rate and review on itunes or wherever you're listening Check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash toolshed for extra content from both Chris and I. And, of course, check out all the other great written work and audio work on the Fantrax HQ network, including our other podcast, SP Streamer, Fantasy Hockey Life, Fantasy Football Addicts, Define Fantasy Football, and Fantasy Football POV. I think we have a lot of fantasy football podcasts now, but <laughs> it is the season for some people. Always baseball season here on the Toolshed. Uh, but let's get right into this week's episode. If you recall last week... We had Corbin Young on to talk some 2021 hitter breakouts and if we kind of trust the breakout or not in 2022 and beyond. So let's do the same thing this week with some pitchers. We got like, I don't know, 10 or 12 names on the list. A lot of good names. We'll start out west with a couple of San Francisco Giants, Kevin Gaussman and Logan Webb. We'll start with Gaussman because I think a lot of differing opinions out there on Kevin Gaussman. Michael is a bit higher on him than I am. So I'll just give it right to you, give you the floor right off the bat here, Michael. Do you believe in what we saw from Kevin Gaussman here in 2021? Yeah, so we talked about this a little bit before we came on, and um, I'm kind of hoping someone could give me a reason to lower him just because, um, you know, a heavy splitter, a heavy splitter pitcher is usually not a good thing. Um, but there is always, you know, an exception, right? Um, and it looks like Gosman seems to be it. Um, his last three months, I know he struggled and it came with a 408 ERA, but the problem is that came with a 337 FIP and the strikeout rate remained high. So, um, I think that he was just a little unlucky there and it's really hard for me to find any holes in his um, arsenal and everything he's doing. I mean, when he came over to the giants, they basically were what we always think when we look into pitchers, they're like, Hey, your splitter is amazing. Your four seems good. Just throw the splitter a crap ton and, you know, rock those two pitches and trust me, you're going to be fine. And it ends up, it ended up working. And um, I know Eno Saris actually did a really good article on him recently as well. And uh, he was looking into why Gosman had a little bit worse of a second half. And basically it was just Gosman had trouble um, with his extension with the, with the fastball and it wasn't getting up in the zone like it typically was. And he ended up making a minor adjustment. And if you look at the last couple starts and the end of the season, uh, he improved and was pitching well again. And he fixed that. And it was just a minor tweak. Um, so again, it's just hard for me to find any holes in there. And I, I, you know, I, it's tough to believe in a two pitch pitcher, but clearly he's making it work and it's hard to just go against it at this point. Yeah. I kind of, I agree. I agree with you. There's not a lot of holes, but I just don't see like I, when I compare 2020 to 2021 and I know 2020 obviously was the shortened season, um, which he only had, you know, about a third of the starts he did this year, but like nothing in the, in the underlying numbers to me, like that I'm looking at, like signal a, you know, ERA drop of almost a full run. So he was 362 in 2020, 281 this year. You know, a lot of the ERA indicators this year were about the same as they were last year. So I, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. You know, I have him ranked a bit lower than most. 
I still think he's going to be good, a good number two next year uh, for sure. But I just, I'm not sure if I'm buying him at like an ace level, which is where I think he's going to be drafted for the most part from what I'm seeing and what I'm seeing people talking about. But Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he's one that I've really struggled with. Like, I don't fully know what to make of him. I guess because, you know, I saw him pitch in Atlanta and with the struggles that he had in Atlanta. I mean, that, that's a few years back now, but still it's interesting to see, you know, the changes that he's made. I I do worry a little bit about the Arsenal. It's interesting to be a two-pitch guy and be four-seam splitter. I find that kind of interesting. But again, it's worked. It's funny to see him, you know, he's dropped the change-up usage pretty significantly throws a slider in there you know, a hair. I mean, he's throwing the change up 6% of the time this year and the slider 5.9% of the time. So not very often, but I don't know. It's just interesting. I struggle. Like you mentioned, I, I think that the, the adjustments that he made, you know, those last two starts were legit, but at the same time, like I wonder if more aggression could be coming, but also you look at what the giants have done with pitching and they've just really developed guys and you have to trust that. And so I'm kind of like up in the air, like what I really want to do with him. I'll probably be lower than most on him. I probably won't get him in a lot of drafts, but I still think he can be a solid pitcher. I'm just not sure he's going to pitch at the level that we saw this year. Yeah, no, I can guarantee I won't get any shares of Gauspin because I in a 12-team or 15, there's going to be at least one person, probably more than one, that are higher than me on Kevin Gaussman. But, you know, Michael, what are your thoughts on his, on his fastball? Because I kind of... You know, when he's a two-pitch guy, and yeah, the, the fastball usage has kind of gone down you know, incrementally over the last couple of years. But you look at look at the metrics on that fastball, and it's like, outside of this, and this year was probably actually his best year with the fastball, 257 batting average against, 416 slug. Before that, it was like 280, 323, 313, 306. Slugging was always around like 500 to 550 or so. So... I, I don't know if I like him being a two pitch guy and with his one of those two pitches being a kind of a so so middle of the road offering. What, what are your thoughts on on that fastball? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to really. Um, I'm curious if the movement changed at all in the past few years. Um, I'd I'd have to really look at it, but um, I mean, it's not it's not like it's a bad pitch. Um, I mean the ISO is not horrendous on it. Um, but I think it's more so has to do with how do you, how he utilizes it. Um, I think he's just really good with the sequencing when it comes to his fastball and the splitter and alternating between the two and knowing when to throw it. Like I, I know there was actually, I read something on Scherzer too. I forget which one of his pitches, but one of his pitches actually on paper looks horrible um, in terms of the way it moves and everything. But it performs really well because Scherzer just knows when to throw at the perfect times. And I think that's what you kind of see from Gosman. I mean, the P-Val on his fastball, which is 14.2, is pretty damn high. Um, so he's clearly utilizing it in the correct times and, um, you know, obviously benefiting greatly from it. So um, while the numbers aren't elite or anything, I think um, he just knows when to throw it and does it well. And that just really coincides and helps with the splitter. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Now I'm yeah. looking at the movement profile right now. It hasn't really changed too much. It hasn't. Okay. Yeah, it's it's basically almost the same as last year. Because I know, slightly di- yeah, not not a big difference in the movement. I know he did up his velocity compared to 2018 and 2019. So yeah, I mean that yeah. definitely is something to do with it as well. Yeah, he was I mean, 93.9 in 2019 but... and 95.1 last year, 94.6 this year. 
Yeah. I'd be interested to know why, like you looking at the month to month breakdown of like his pitch mix, you know, early on it was about 52% four seam and like 35% splitter. And then June he hit 40.6% splitter, 49% fastball. And then it went the opposite direction. Like the rest of the season, like the four seam trended up, up to in September at near 57% and the splitter was down to 33 and a half percent. So I'd be interested to see why, especially looking at the the breakdown of month by month, like the fastball got hit pretty hard in July, August, and September. So, you know, it's interesting to see that. And I wonder, you know, is he going to go back to using that splitter at a higher rate? You know, definitely, I think I'd like to see that a little more out of him. Well, I think it depends on the feel too. I mean, we saw that happen yeah. with Montas this year where right. he was, it was spiking up and down with his splitter usage. And everyone's wondering, because w- when he throws a splitter a ton, his numbers are ridiculous. And it's like, why aren't you doing this more? And it's yeah. got to be, a feel thing. I mean, if they yeah. don't feel it before the game, they're not going to throw it as much and vice versa. Um, so I think, you know, there are going to be little spurts when it comes to splitter of in terms of usage, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And the splitter has always been, I think the hardest pitch to really control on a consistent basis. Like you look back over the years, like how many pitchers, like really good pitchers you can think of that had elite splitters for a long time. Like the two that come to my mind are three really, um, you got Clemens, you got Schilling, and uh, I was—I just had another one in my mind, but it's—it's it's not many, right? Like, and we, we see now with Gaussman and Montas, it's kind of—it comes and goes. It's such a field pitch. It's such, I, I tried throwing it in high school; I couldn't. Like, I would just spike it in the ground twenty feet in front of me every time <laughs> I threw it, or like it would just sail in the air like thirty feet over the catcher's head. It's like it's just such a hard pitch. And now, I'm, obviously, I'm just some dude here in Maine that topped out at like seventy-nine miles an hour at my <laughs> peak, but. Um, yeah, moving on here to his teammate, Logan Webb, who just came off a gem in game, it's like game one or game two, I forget, but had a, had a gem the other day against the Dodgers and had a really good season all to, all around here. Finished with a 3.03 ERA, 111 whip, and a 26.5% strikeout rate over t- uh, 148 and a third innings. Are you buying that Logan Webb breakout, Michael? I'm buying it a little more than I'm buying Gaussman, but I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm certainly buying it. I kind of hate that he just performs so well because I feel like he's just going to bump him up in every draft even more, especially yeah. if he continues. If he continues pitching like that throughout the entire, all the playoffs, he's going to go too high. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's not even that small of a sample, too. I think he's got like 150 innings or something like that. So it's not yeah. even like we don't we have a small sample to go off of with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got solid command. It's just really good stuff. The two breaking balls are good. Um, the, the changeup gets those ground balls, uh, the curveball induces whiffs and creates chases. And then his sinker is really good at inducing weak contact too. So he's got that high ground ball rate, which I personally always like, um, with a high CSW, um, a pretty good K walk. So it's just, he's another one that's hard to kind of poke holes into, and then plus he gets a lot, a lot of movement vertically on his pitches, which typically always leads to more strikeouts compared to horizontally. So again, a lot to like there, and it's kind of hard to find anything bad about him right now. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And yeah, the, you can't really poke any holes in this profile. All the all the metrics back it up. You know, ERA indicators are basically in line with that ERA. And, you know, he, he was under three for basically the entire season until that last start where you have like four earned and seven and a third or whatever it was. But what I'm think wondering is, is there a next level? Like 
people are kind of valuing him as like an ace. I've seen some people say he was a top 10 starter. I'm not sure if he has like that level of K upside. You know, I think he could be like a 25 to 27 percent K guy, which is definitely very good above average. But can he get to that next level to be an ace? I'm not sure. Do you think he can, Michael? I think so. I mean, what makes you think he can't get there? I just don't know if I see like that much more K upside. Oh, K okay, like, upside. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I think he's a low three ERA. I mean, the sinker. Guy. Yeah. The sinker is definitely going to limit him there because um, sinkers are meant for weak contact. They're, you're not really going to get whiffs on it um, unless it's a power sinker, which he doesn't throw that fast. So that's not going to happen. He's not a Sandy Alcantara. Um, but I mean, you're probably right, honestly, unless he develops something, unless something else comes into play, unless his four seam does take a step forward in some kind of way. Um, but as of right now, I get that. I, I, it's a good point, honestly. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm not like out on Logan Webb. I think he's, I, I kind of echo you what I said about Gaussman like top tier, right? Yeah, I think I think he's gonna be a very solid number two, which is where kind of where I have him ranked both in my twenty twenty two rankings and for for Dynasty. But uh, Chris, what are your thoughts here? Are you buying into uh, Logan Webb? I mean, to an extent, yeah, and more than Gaussman because you look. I mean, he's twenty four years old, so he's started developing things at a younger age. You know, Gaussman breaking out at at age twenty nine and thirty is you know a little less believable, and not not to say that that can't happen, but to see Webb do it at a younger age is more impressive. I mean, the strides he made from last season were tremendous and i don't think any of us could have saw that coming it it was hard to look at the numbers last year and say like there's anything here in the profile that looks like he could be a fantasy relevant starter and this year he blossomed into an ace which is highly impressive you know the innings next year could be a little concern it'll be interesting i think i wouldn't say concern i mean he threw 148 in the regular season this year so maybe he gets to 175 next year i think 25 is a, a reasonable jump but you have to factor in the postseason too but yeah, I'm with you. I think that he's probably a 25% strikeout guy. I don't really see much more upside there. And it's possible though. I mean, you look at like the path that Aaron Nola followed as a young pitcher where he was pretty sinker ball heavy his first couple of years and then transitioned away from that and, you know, worked on the four seam and developing that pitch more and, you know, kind of just changed his arsenal completely. And, and yeah, that's not out of the realm of possibility. So I'm not saying that it's impossible, but if, if Webb's going to be a sinker baller, which I think he's been pretty effective at doing, then I don't see the K upside there. So I, I have to the limiting. I have to say the one thing I do see though, is that he has a high cold strike rate. Um, I feel like that will fluctuate though. You're in and you're out. It's kind of hard to sustain that, but um, I think that could help his strikeout rate be a little higher um, than we would think. I mean, he has a 31 CSW. That's only 0.6 lower than Scherzer. Yeah. But do you think the called strike rate could regress next year then? I mean, it's hard to tell because this is our first year of really seeing him. Like some guys like an Aranola can, you know, do sure. it every season. So it just kind of depends. It's something that we have to wait and see really. Um, yeah. But I think he does have the command to do it. It's just a matter of is that at least this year he did. Um, it's just a matter of is that command going to be consistent? Yeah, and he, but even last, I know last year was a shortened season, but I look and his called strike rate was eighteen point nine percent. It was eighteen point five this year, so mm. you know it's interesting to see at least. So yeah. next year, yeah. I think next year will be telling for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it'll be another interesting, interesting thing too because this is really the first. Yeah, he's he's had some stints in the major leagues, but not obviously not to this level. So I wonder if 
hitters will adjust to Logan Webb next year and if can he maintain this level of success. But he definitely has the command. Like you, you look at you know the, the heat <clears throat> the heat maps on here, sinker's great, slider's great, changeup's good, fastball kind of all over the place. But it really his three pitches that he uses the most, those sinker slider, changeup which account for about 89 or so percent of his pitches are at least above average commanded pitches. So um, I just want to see if he can get, you know, like he only has the one pitch that that slider is great. You know, 156 batting average against 47.1% whiff rate. Uh, doesn't really have that second. The changeup is an okay. Pitch. It's like would, average. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it screams average like whiff rates, 29.3. 263 batting average against 365 slug. So definitely an average. If, if that can take a step forward and then, yeah, the four seamer, which has never really been a good pitch for him. Like he mm-hmm. used that one 33.7% last year, but he was got hit around hard 329 batting average against 507 slug. So definitely you know, reducing that usage up in that stinker usage was did wonders for him. But I think if he could improve the changeup in the fastball a bit, be a little more effective with those, I think you could see him, get that little more K um, bump, but we'll see. Definitely one I'm, I'm intrigued by in 2022 for sure. Uh, real quick before we move on, who are you guys taking in 2022, Gaussman or Webb? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like on draft day, I'll, I would end up picking Webb. Webb, yeah. Chris? I trust Webb a little more. Yep. I, I think they're going to go higher in drafts than, than I'm going to be able to pay up yeah. for either of them. Do you think with, especially if Webb, how, how do you think the ADP rises on logan webb so let's say he has you know just, even just one more good start and even if sanford doesn't make it out you think he could sneak up into the top 50 adp i think so i think yeah. he'll crack in the third round so i think 40 around 40 overall yeah, yeah. i think it's so, kind of so. where i have him so <laughs> yeah oh really i'm gonna overall? be that high person on him <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on here do we have another couple uh let's go to the opposite coast here uh, go down to Miami. Sandy Al- Alcantara and Trevor Rogers both had big breakout seasons. And Chris, I know I'll start with you here on Alcantara because you were kind of driving that train uh, back in our preseason episodes here. All right, I'm, I'm sure I already know the answer to this, but are you buying what you saw from Sandy Alcantara this year? And do you think he's a top 10 pitcher moving forward? Um, I'm definitely buying, but top 10 questionable because of the K rate, I think. That's the same concern I have with Webb. I think the K rate kind of limits him. And yeah, I mean, he's taking strides each year. So I'm not going to say it's impossible that he takes the next step. But at the same time, right now, I mean, he's a, he was at 24% this year. So it's hard to see. Again, he's sinker heavy. We saw that come down a little bit this year. So that's obviously great to see. He went, you know, he basically swapped out some of the sinker usage for more changeup usage this year, which I think benefited him in a major way. Interestingly enough, he does have at least uh, three pitches that go have a whiff rate above 25%, the four seam even at 23.3%, and the slider at, at 38.3%, which is pretty impressive there. So, yeah, I do like the overall arsenal that he has, and I think that there is another level here. He's just been so consistent. I mean, you look, and he's made strides each season, like I mentioned. He, I mean, career, he's a 3-4-9 ERA, but – you know, last year in 2020, shortened season, but 3.0 ERA, and this year 3.19. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, the Sierra is a little higher at 3.68, and the FIP at 3.42. So he always runs low Babbitts, though, which I, makes me think that he will continually outperform those metrics because he does run a little lower Babbitt. So that'll be interesting to see. 
And so here's my question at here or later. Do you take Logan Webb or Sandy Alcantara? Because I would take Alcantara over Webb personally. I would as well. I would take Webb. Yeah. I figured you'd go that way, but I think it's close. I actually do think it's pretty close here. I mean, I'm not one who likes to chase wins, but you got to realize with Alcantara, there's unless they do something really dramatic this offseason, they're not going to compete. So how many wins is, are you really going to see from Alcantara? And whether we like it or not, that's typically a category yeah. um, in fantasy baseball. I think I think a lot of people are really going to like him, because, are really into him, which I understand is the, the strikeout rate spiked in the final two months of the season. That's what I was about to say. Um, yeah. It went to 28.4%, and it's because he went to the slider more, which made sense because that slider took a step forward. He upped the velocity on that pitch, and it basically – um, increased strikeout rate by like six points. So um, for me though, I'm kind of probably, I'm probably going to be lower on him just because one, I'm afraid he won't get any wins. And two, I don't really know if that strikeout rate's going to stick. Um, you know, we haven't really seen him have a 20% strikeout rate like he did in those final two months. He's typically around 24, which, um, you know, doesn't give him as much upside either, you know, compared to like even someone like a Freddie Peralta. So um, we'll have to see what happens with that. Yeah. The, the biggest benefit to Alcantara, in my opinion, is the volume. I mean, he's, he's yeah, an innings you're eater. Get so, innings, yeah. yeah. And even still, I, I know there was a 50 inning difference, but Alcantara still had nine wins to Webb's 11 wins. But at the same time, Alcantara had 15 losses. So you, you have to factor that in too. So. Yeah, over if the innings get closer, obviously the Giants are a really good team, so the wins are going to be there more for Webb. But I don't know. I I think it'll be interesting next year. I, I could see it being really close between the two. I'll tell you what, quality start league. I'm taking Alcantara though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and how did a guy with a three one nine ERA over two hundred and five and two thirds have fifteen losses? Like that is just that shouldn't happen. Yeah. I don't care like how bad the team is. That mm-hmm. shouldn't happen. Like, Didn't Degrom do that one year? Degrom had like. Drum does it every year. Of, yeah, right. <laughs> absurd amount of losses in a insane you, ERA. You just hit a nerve with, with yeah. like, every year. We, we it's don't support him. But it's, I, I was it takes me back to the days where uh, when Felix Hernandez was oh, you know, yeah. a top three when pitcher in baseball, but like winning 10, 11, 12. Like, I think one year he had like 19 or something like that, but every other year it was like 13 or less. And he had like a 220 ERA and the Zero nine whip yeah. or something like that. I'm like Seattle. Come on, like yeah. I, I hate and I had him in a lot of keeper teams, a lot of redraft teams. He he was my boy, and it's like oh he went seven innings, two hits, one run, and they lost one nothing. Of course, like <laughs> that is so frustrating. I'm sure it is for him yeah. too. And any had the pitcher like that, but oh yeah. Um, it, with Sandy, I'm I'm buying him as a, a top ten arm, and I do believe in that late season. K uh, jump that Simeon uh, mentioned. That's what I was to bring up too. It was really, it was, you know, in addition to, you know, the slider in his, his changeup also was much better. Um, at least for, in terms of whiffs, you know, he, he hit a little hard in the changeup that final month, um, but really improved overall the last couple of months. The whiff rate went up like his whiff rate on the changeup, for example, was around like 20% give or take in June and July. Then that jumped to 33-3 in August and uh, 34-5 in September. So I do think he has the stuff. Like, yeah, you look at these two, Alcantara and Logan Webb. They're you know 
at the surface, they're pretty similar pitchers. Um, you know, obviously different, slightly different arsenals, but I do think there's that chance that he elevates and that K rate we saw from the last couple months of the season does stick. So that's kind of why I have him a bit higher than I have Logan Webb. But um, yeah, and obviously Alcantara is just absolutely filthy, like throwing hundred mile an hour with movement. You know, he's got the four really good four pitch arsenal. Um, that slider is really good. The changeup's really good. That's really developed. Both of those have developed this year. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely buying. I don't see any really holes in uh, Alcantara. Plus, he gets, like Chris mentioned, he gets the innings too. Well, he was one of, I think, four pitchers this year. Or was it maybe just three pitchers that went over 200 innings this year? So, um, got to love that. That's half the battle, it seems like nowadays. But, um, Simeon, what do you think about Trevor Rogers, though? Because he really bursted onto the scene first couple of months. He got injured, kind of fell off. A little bit, then then Infinite had a couple good starts end of the year. Are you buying Trevor Rogers as let's say a top twenty arm moving forward? Um trying to see where I have him ranked. Um just outside. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, I mean I do like his stuff. I th- I know he went through a lot of personal stuff. Uh yeah. so he had to miss a bunch of time there. But um, you know, it's the Marlins to me are almost just like the Giants when it comes to pitcher development, too. Um, just really, really good at it. And you could tell that Rogers has just improved tremendously. Um, I really like the fastball. The changeup is a phenomenal pitch, does everything basically you want from it. I think the key with him too is uh he has really good commands. Like if you look at his the placement of his pitches, they could like not be more perfect in my eyes. Like he's putting them right in the right spots. Um, so yeah, so that on top of the whiff potential that he brings, I think he's definitely a really good pitcher. I do buy into what he was doing. I think because of everything that happened, you know, obviously it derailed his, uh, complete, his complete breakout season. So, um, so, but yeah, so I, I buy into it. I don't have him as top 20, but top 25, I could, I could do. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I think I agree in that area. And I think he can make a jump as well. I especially think if he continues what we saw, you know, for most of the, 2021 season then that's definitely the case and you know we mentioned some personal things happen and he went on the field for you know august and some of september but you know we we hope that he comes back and returns to form there and i think he can i think he's more than capable of it it'll be interesting to see how his innings build for next year but yeah certainly long term i think for like a dynasty league he's a guy you can can easily value as a top 20 arm and should go out and get because maybe his value has dropped a little bit because of just the lack of innings late in the season people kind of forget the names of their guys popped up and you know you have guys in the playoffs that are popping up as well and performing well so trevor rogers may be a forgotten name not to a full extent but i think you can get them discounted right now and probably early on for redraft league so certainly buying in there due to all the factors that you mentioned i think there's he's got a lot going for him i, I would be interested to see if he brings the four seam usage down a little bit obviously it's a good pitch it works but you know using it you know it's it's highly as he does like near 60% of the time is always interesting to me when guys use the fastball that much, but Lance yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess, I guess it works Lance. for some. Yeah. And if you're uh what was the site that tweeted out that like, Oh, Lance Lynn threw like 94% of his pitches were fastballs. And we're like, all right, that's not, you got to break it down for more than that. Like his, <laughs> yeah. cutter, his cutter Couple is not a fastball. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. How they just grouped all of his fastballs together. Um, like yes, cutters like what, 87. Like I mean, like, technically they're right. Yeah, cut, yeah, <laughs> but cut they're fastball. not. Yeah, they're right, but they're not right. But yeah, I, I thought that was, I saw that tweet. It was like ESPN stats and info or something like that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. 
Um, yeah, I am. I'm definitely buying Trevor Rogers. I actually, I think I have higher than most now. I think I have him uh, as a top 15 arm. Uh, I, I like the three pitch mix. Yeah, the fastball usage is a little high, especially when he has a really good changeup. I'm, I won't be surprised if you saw like the changeup add about eight to ten percent usage next year, and in, in the fastball down that same amount. I get that changeup up over thirty percent usage because that's a very good changeup. One ninety nine batting average against thirty three point seven percent whiff rate. That's the thing too; like he can get whiffs with all three of his pitches: four seamer, cha- uh, changeup, and slider. Slider leading the way at forty point eight percent. His three really good pitches. He already seems like he knows how to mix pitches well. Limits hard contact. Limits. You know, his barrel rate was very very good. Uh, hard hard hit rate was very good as well. You know, walk rate did uh, come down a little bit from his rookie year, so. He's kind of creeping in that right direction for me. Uh, just does a lot of things well. So I am, I'm definitely all in. I, I don't have him quite as high as Alcantara, but I don't think they're too far apart. And I would take him over both Webb and uh, Gaussman in 2022. And I think I might be in the minority there. So I can see myself getting a, a, a fair share of Trevor Rogers. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm definitely out there with that one, but um, I'm fine with it. If that means I can get Trevor Rogers, uh, couple rounds lower and i think he's better that's good for me we'll see if it works yeah. out <laughs> gotta play the game see if it works out but um yeah i definitely love both these yeah and you mentioned michael the miami is just one of the best pitching development orgs nowadays they're definitely like a top five pitching development organization you see all the depth they have it's like endless and down into the minors with max minor and yuri perez and and jake edder and all of them it's just a lot of good talent throughout that org so um, it's gonna be really, uh, really fun to see that develop over the next couple of years. Moving up to Milwaukee, here we got another duo here: Freddie Peralta, who we talked about a little bit earlier, and Aaron Ashby, who was really good this year, except the one time I needed him in my home keeper league playoff, my one head-to-head league I have left, my home keeper league. He came in on that Sunday and gave up like six earned and two and a two-thirds of an inning, so I'm a little bitter right now, but. Uh, let's start with Freddy Peralta, obviously, as I have him as a top 10 arm for 2022. And I had someone tweet at me uh, the other day saying, OK, my buddy said that Peralta's just a two pitch guy, uh, so I shouldn't be buying I into saw, him. Saw, for t- I saw that. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? Like His third and fourth pitches in terms of usage, curveball change up 10.9, 9.8% 9. respectively, an XBA under 200 on both, an X slug under 300 on both and a whiff rate right in the vicinity of 30% on both. Like his fourth pitch for whiff rate is the curve at 28.2%. So he has, and even his sinker, which is only 1.2% usage, like he can just miss bats consistently. Like all four, really, I'm not going to count the sinker. So all four of his pitches, XBA under 200. None of them got really hit hard. He can miss bats with them all. Yeah, the walk rate's a bit high, but it's almost like Corbin Burns last year. I'm not going to say he's going to make that Corbin Burns leap and be a top three arm in 2022, but I am 100% buying what we saw from Freddie Peralta, especially with Milwaukee and how they've developed arms lately. Like him, Gaussman, uh, sorry, Gaussman, uh, Burns, I got Gaussman on the brain still, uh, and Woodruff, and now maybe Ashby, you know, this really good pitching development system there too. So I am buying. Clegg, are you buying as well? Yeah, to an extent. I think when you can couple – you know, the strikeout rate that he has and, you know, missing bats plus limiting hard contact, obviously it's kind of a recipe for success there. And, you know, he, he did that pretty consistently this year. One, probably the biggest concern is the walk rate. Like you mentioned, I think that he's definitely capable of, you know, seeing that lower with time, but he, you know, look at all those pitches and just 
how well they performed. It's interesting though to see. I mean, I, you know, I was watching him today against the Braves, and it's interesting they pulled him so early, but I he was know, pitching that was well. Really weird. Yeah, yeah that he was, was so weird. Yeah, it was probably uh, some like third so time weird. through the order thing. You know, some one of those reasonings. But yeah, he was just dominating today. I, I think <laughs> I really think they just wanted to get the bats going, and and were hoping that they could. Get I think some- they felt like they had to score there. That's the problem. I think that was the problem. Yeah. But yeah, he he just does it. And you know, early in the season, I thought that maybe it was just a flash in the pan, and he would you know fall back to earth. But he really didn't. I think overall, he locates the forcing pretty well, which is his predominant pitch. He he can bury that slider, which is obviously great too. You get the riders right handers to to chase, and you know go to that back foot of left handed hitters, and even the curveball, you know, valuable pitch as well. So yeah, I think one that he's one that could take the next step, but it's also. You, you wonder, like, is this the ceiling that we've seen this year? And I think that that's certainly possible. But at the same time, I'm not going to doubt it because if the walk rate does come down, then then I think you're going to see him take that next step forward. But right now, I think we maybe have seen the peak from him. But I still think he'll be a solid pitcher moving forward. Yeah, and I'm not even sure. Like, yeah, the walk rate is a tad high. But, you know, it's like 9.5%, which is kind of worrying. It's not that bad. It's not yeah, out- like, yeah, it's not outrageous. And yeah, if, you, if it goes 12%, you, I'd be a little more worried. But that's it's not great, obviously. I'd like to see it like maybe 7%. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to like hold him back at all, though. Yeah, if you break it down by month to the last couple months, it really dropped. Like, it went to like 6%. Yeah, which is, you know, if he pitches that level, that's, you know, great. That's phenomenal. I do think he has top five. I think he can get up. Maybe not quite to Burns, but, like, you know, where we have that that tier one cluster of like what six or seven guys right now. The back end of that's probably like what Bieber and right now. I think he can get into that back end of that cluster. That kind of be like high end tier two, back end tier one type of guy. So I think he, he's got all the ingredients to do so. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Simeon? Yeah, no, I mean, you get everything you guys saying, I agree with. Um, I just think, you know, he's got a lot of strikeout capability there. Um, I'd, I'd like to see him throw maybe the curveball not in the zone as often um, but because he's got a low chase rate, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, his stuff is so good that he could live in the zone if he wanted to. I don't really think it would matter. Um, and like you were mentioning, he used to be a two-pitch pitcher, but that is not the case anymore. Um, right. He, he has four solid pitches, and it actually kind of surprised me when I was really looking into him. And uh, I feel like he's a lot more of a complete pitcher than people think. Yeah, he's definitely made that step forward this year. So uh, I'm buying in. What, what are your thoughts on on Aaron Ashby? Do you think he's the next next uh, you know breakout pitcher in this long line we've seen from Milwaukee, Michael? Yeah, I like him a lot. I like that his main pitch is a slider, um, and he throws it a ton, which is pretty cool, um, especially because it was so good this year. I mean, again, high whiff rate, um, high chase rate. You know, put in the zone a lot too, so he has good control over it. And um, I think the, you know, he has a complete arsenal too, because then you got the sinker, you throw the sinker in there, which creates a lot of ground balls. And then the changeup has an eight mile an hour difference between um, itself and the sinker. So I just feel like everything looks so good with him. Um, but it is a small sample, so it's kind of hard to really tell how that would look over a longer period of time. But I think overall, regardless, he he looks like the next good thing in Milwaukee. And if he gets a spot, I mean, I feel like you got to jump all over him. I, I think he's going to be a hot, you know, kind of mid rounds, you know, pick next year. Because what 
first off, what he showed this year. And then, you know, our, our friend James Anderson, great analyst, you know, kind of pumped him up uh, a couple weeks ago as saying he was like, you know, his number, I think he has him as numbers, his number two pitching prospect now behind Shane Boz. But um, so he pumped him up. So I think that'll inflate his ADP even more. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I think that all the ingredients are there for a breakout. He he ticks a lot of boxes and, you know, a guy that I've liked as a prospect who honestly I didn't see taking getting to this level, but it's certainly fun to see. You mentioned you get the whiff rate, you get the ground ball rate. It's a great combo there. And I, I, he makes guys chase with a slider. And I think he's got a pretty well-rounded arsenal as well. It'd be interesting to see, you know, if he uses the curveball more. I think that could be a solid pitch as well if you give him four pitches. Or even right now, he's got three solid pitches. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. you, you can't just sit there and call him a bullpen risk because he's he's been using the pin because he's got three solid pitches. I think he'll get the chance. I've actually heard, I'm not sure if it's legit, but I've heard that Milwaukee will plan to do like a six-man rotation for a lot of next year, but who knows? That could, It's still early, so I that definitely not. gives him a spot. Yeah, <laughs> which, which will be dumb when you have guys like Woodruff and, and Burns who can eat yeah. innings. So, but still, I, Ashby should probably be their fourth-best starter. I mean, yeah, easily better than Hauser, in my opinion, even though Hauser's had a solid year, but... You definitely have those top three locked in. I don't see why Ashby doesn't get a chance at the rotation. Like, yeah. uh, there, there's no reason for them not to give him a shot. And I think he could easily run with the spot. I, I can see us doing like our our write ups for pitchers in like the year 2035, and we'll talk about like this pitcher led the league in innings pitched last year with 112. It's it's like, <laughs> like every Tampa Bay has a nine man rotation. <laughs> What was that? I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I hope not either. But it's just like I keep having like these thoughts. And I'm like, it's like keep trending down and down. Yeah. Like, I, I did a tweet about I don't know. It was midseason, but the number of 200 inning pitchers every year since like 2000, and I think it was like 20. There was like 50 something back then, and then it was like in the 40s, 30s, and that dropped from like 36 to like 15 in 2017, and then we had like mm-hmm. three this year. Um, so yeah, it just keeps going down and down. I hate six man rotations, especially when you have all like you mentioned all the arms that Milwaukee has. Like, I want to throw Burns every fifth. I want to throw Woodruff every oh, yeah. fifth and Freddie Peralta. Like, I want them pitching more often. Obviously, don't, you don't want to overuse them. There's a limit there, but I don't want them pitching less often. I want them pitching more often um, than some of my my back end guys. So, um, yeah. So a- Ashby, what do you think? You think he's a top what two hundred pick next year? You think that's fair, or do you think he goes higher than that? Like thir- 13th, 13th round of a 15 teamer or so. Kind of like you said, I feel like I could see him maybe getting a lot of hype closer to the season. Yeah. Um, but where, where do you have him in your rankings? You, give, do you have to give me the exact numbers. Give me like a general range. Top uh, for pitchers. Yeah. I have him in the 70 range, but that is mainly also because I don't know if he's going to be in the rotation. That's fair. I, I think I have him. I don't have my sheet in front of me. I think I have him like low 60s. Yeah. I mean, if he's in the rotation, I'd probably bump him into the 50s, maybe that's top fair. 50. I'd have to really look, but yeah, that's yeah. where I'm right now. I, I took him in. I'm doing a best ball draft. I took him at 223 overall. And you think when with pitching mm-hmm. pushed up, so he oh, may yeah, start be, in Roto like 250 or so, but I, I could see him bumping in the top 200. Yeah. yeah time yeah. we get the January, February. Yeah. Yeah. And if we see that. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back on the other side and talk about, what, five or six more names, so don't go anywhere. When you're craving Church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And 
That's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. All right, welcome back. Going over 2021 breakout pitchers with the king of Kelnick hatred, Michael Simeon. Talk six intriguing arms already. We got, I think, six more on the docket here, so let's get back into it. Uh, one more duo here. I've been grouping all the, the guys on the same team together here. We go up to Toronto now. Robbie Ray and Alec Manoa. Let's start with Robbie Ray. Uh, you know, a once very good pitcher fell off last couple of years. Command and control was definitely his his issue. Like, look at last year. Yeah, short shortened sample size, obviously, but 17.9% walk rate. That's just not going to get it done anywhere. Led to a 662 ERA. Before that, he was kind of like in the high three, low four ERA, but walk rate still one of the worst in the league. Was getting Ks, which he's always gotten Ks, but the rest of the, the profile was, wasn't was matching up. But this year, they worked with him, and the result was a 284 ERA, 104 whip. And somehow, I never thought I'd say that Robbie Ray had a 6.7% walk rate, uh, but he did and kept the high strikeout rate, 32.1%. Michael, are you buying this? Um, I don't know if it's going to make me unpopular, but I'm kind of not actually. I'm not either. I'm, with I'm, you. I'm, I loved him coming into last season because it made no sense to me that he was going so late for a pitcher at such a high strikeout rate. Um, but now it's the opposite for me. Um, I think he's going to go too high. I, I only really see two pitches here. Um, so he's another two pitch pitcher. Um, but the problem is, is that the fastball he throws in the zone a ton. That's right. That's how he fixed that walk rate. He said, let me just throw the four seam in the zone basically as much as possible. And he threw it in the zone 62.4% of the time, which is a, a very high number. Um, but here's the problem is when his fastballs in the zone, it has a 269 ISO and a 321 Oba, Woba, which isn't the best. Um, so I'm afraid that eventually it's going to catch up to him where these hitters are going to start hitting that four seam and just kind of laying off the slider. And plus overall, if you just look at his numbers, I mean, a 268 BABIP and a 90.1 left on base percentage. I just feel like he was definitely a little lucky. Um, I do still have him, I think top 20, but I think he's going to be going closer to top 10 for a lot of people, maybe top 12. And I just don't think I could buy into that. Yeah. Somebody's going to draft him first round and like an FBC draft. Yeah. I, I think I've seen in a mock or two, he's been going first yeah. early second, which yeah, where did he go in that, that one we did with Matt Williams and he go like right near the end of the first or early second in that one. I think he might have. I didn't Here. do it. So I don't know. Were, yeah, you weren't in that one? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't. Oh, I, I first one you were. Okay. Nah, uh, I didn't let me pull it up here. Uh, oh no, he went end of the third. That was, oh, it was only 12 of us. So that was picked. 36. Okay, yeah, he'll definitely go higher than that. And then I bet his ADP is like around like, his ADP will be like 22 when all said and done. I bet yeah. it'll be interesting. And, and no chance I, I touch that, honestly. Nah, like, <laughs> so much volatility. Yeah, uh, the strikeouts are nice. You mentioned, I think he had the highest strand rate by a significant margin this year of, of qualified starters. So, you know, that's bound to come down. And in the past, like, you know, in 2017, he had an 84 and a half percent strand rate, 28, uh, 2017, 80%. So yeah, it's not the realm possibility, but 90% is kind of crazy. And that, that BABIP was really low as well. So you mentioned the, the zone rate went up significantly, which obviously had a factor in the lowered walk rate, but 
Yeah, I think the the fastball location, you know, it didn't harm him, but for, at times it did. You know, you watched that last start against the Yankees, and that's what kind of killed him, just leaving it, leaving pitches over the heart of the zone, just hitting the zone too much to an extent. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely not buying. So, may not be popular with the listeners, but three <laughs> of us are three of us are not buying this. So, yeah, take it as you I mean, will. I mean, I'm buying some of the improvements he made. Like, I really do yeah, believe that course. they kind of kind of fixed some of the issues with him locating his fastball. You mentioned, Michael, the, the zone rate on that fastball. His first pitch strike uh, rate went up you know, about 9.5%. Mm. Uh, he was missing more bats in the zone, too. It was, his zone rate was at career high by a significant margin. His previous career high, his zone swing rate was 66%. 73.1 percent you know in zone context stayed in line chase rate went up um so really a lot of things went up here uh even the, the whiff rate remains so he's always had a whiff rate right around 32 33 percent that remained in line uh, he was getting more swings in general so i definitely do uh, believe that you know i don't think he's gonna revert back to robbie ray of old definitely not 2020 robbie ray probably n- not even pre-2020 robbie ray but i think I don't see six or seven percent walk rate maintaining. I think maybe that goes up another percent or two, eight, nine percent. You know, all his ERA indicators were you know a good 0.7 or so higher than his ERA. So I do think there's some regression coming next year. Um, but I still think he can be a a good like back end two. I think he'll be like a mid three ERA guy, still be you know one of the elite sources of the strike goes as he's always been. Um, but definitely a step back. And I would take Alec Manoa over him in 2022 drafts and i don't think that's going to be common but i am i'm buying everything i saw from alec manoa this year i'm upset that i traded him in the dynasty league to james anderson before the season for i don't even remember what it was i think it was a de- decent hall of prospects but uh, i'm kind of wishing i held on to alec manoa that slider is absolutely filthy even though you know the whiff rate was only 37 percent, which is you know good but not elite but it'll go up yeah, it'll go up. His like, numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, the movement profile movement. on that. Like, just look at just look at video. Just, just yes. go with your with the old eye test. Go look at it. It's a great slider. Mm-hmm. Um, and one forty six batting average against on that slider. You know, nobody could really square it up. Eighty four point three exit velocity off that. It's a filthy slider. You know, four seamer is very good as well. Sinker is a solid offering. Changeup is kind of sporadically used, but. Um, is definitely his fourth pitch, but it, it was it's at least good enough to just kind of keep people off the other three and kind of mix that in, give hitters another look. So I am definitely buying, you know, strikeout rate is there. I think he can be a low ERA whip guy. So I'm buying him as a I think I have him as my number 21 pitcher for 2022. And I think that I might bump him inside my top 20 before I kind of put these out there to the world. Clegg, are you buying Manoa at that same level or are you kind of higher or lower on him? Yeah, I think I think that's a good price right now. I think, you know, eventually that could jump significantly. But, you know, there's I think there's a similar upside to like Freddie Peralta here who we've talked about top ten. So I don't see why that Manoa could not take that step. Like you mentioned, I think this I think the slider may be the one of the best sliders in baseball. I really Agreed. do think it's that good yeah. pitch. Agreed. And so mm-hmm. I think that he may continue to use it a little more. Like I'd love to see him start using that even more. I mean, he used it 27.8% of the time this year. I'd love to see it continue to go up. Uh, he trended up a little bit towards the end of the season, but you know, still in September ended with about the same rate that he used for the entire season. But yeah, I think the arsenal was pretty well-rounded. 
you know, if he factors in the changeup a little more, I think that's a solid offering as well. So I think he'd have four solid pitches there with the four-seam sinker slider and changeup. The strikeout upside's there. He commands the ball well. And especially the four-seam, the four he locates up in the zone really well. The sinker, he does need to focus on getting back down in the zone. I think a little bit more. You look at the heat map, it's kind of over the middle. So get that pitch down a hair, and the slider is elite. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% buying what he did. I like that he has a really high uh, zone whiff rate too, which is good. It's like just as it's actually higher than Robbie Ray's. Um, I like, I do like Manoa a lot too. I think um, where he's, he's obviously going to be going lower than Ray. So I think because of price, I'd definitely prefer Manoa over Ray. Um, I don't have him, have him as high as you, Eric. And I have him in the high twenties, not the low twenties. That's fair. But I really like the stuff too. I just think, uh, I mean, like we keep saying, I mean, if you could just, just go to Savant and watch his slider because it's insane to watch if you haven't seen it. Um, but I, you know, I think he could certainly take that step forward. But I also think there's potential for maybe a little step back too, just because these major league teams, you know, they're going to have more tape on him. And uh, obviously these, you know, MLB hitters are professionals. They're going to adjust to him and he's going to have to learn to adjust back. So I could see him walking into some woes eventually throughout the season. Um, but besides that, yeah, I, I like everything about him. It's hard to poke any holes. Yeah. If you want a, a quick look, go to uh, Jeff Ponce Twitter profile at prospect. Jesus. He has his pin tweet is a Alec Manoa mm. slider from AAA that made Jeter downs look like a, uh, t-ball player it was he missed by about two feet <laughs> off the outside um yeah elite slider i guess you answered my question uh who would you would have for 2022 Clegg, who do you have for 2022 manoa or ray i think i'd take manoa honestly I and, and that, that's probably price adjusted too because you know in my brain i'm sitting here thinking and knowing how high ray's gonna go versus manoa but i honestly think they'll be pretty similar. I think they'll return similar value in 2022. But yeah, based on the, the value, obviously Lean Manoa, but in a vacuum, I, I think they're probably pretty close. I think if they if I had my choice, I, I'd still go Manoa. In fact that I agree that his price tag will be probably a couple at least a couple rounds lower. Maybe even three rounds lower. It's kinda hard to it's hard to tell where I think where I see Manoa ending up, but I think it'll be at least two rounds lower, maybe even three. So definitely at that at those price tags, I would take uh, Alec Manoa. Uh, let's let's keep it in the AL East here. Another breakout rookie this year, uh, who's still pitching in the playoffs. So maybe not. By the time you listen to this, maybe the Red Sox have have ousted the the Rays. But Shane McClanahan uh, has been looking absolutely filthy this year. Uh, Twenty five starts, three forty three ERA, one twenty seven WHIP, seven point two percent walk rate, and a twenty seven point three percent K rate. And this really got better as the season went on. Like you looked at him. Early in the year, like he flagged, he showed that he was filthy. Um, I think he just watching him pitch, watch a lot of his starts this year. Uh, just look like he's got just better at sequencing, just better as a pitcher. It went from being kind of like a, thro- a thrower with filthy stuff to a pitcher able to locate, sequence, change eye level. Um, and he's got the stuff to miss bats and an elite clip, like 27.3% already very good. I think there's a chance he gets up over 30%. Uh, he can miss bats with all three, uh, really all four of his offerings, but those three secondary slider, curveball, and changeup. Uh, he was 0.1% from being the third pitcher in baseball this year to have three pitchers with a 40 plus percent whiff rate, the other two being Corbin Burns and Dylan C. So he can miss bats, 
The fastball, I think, even though 96.4 from the left side looks great, uh, did get hit pretty hard. High batting average against 308. Slug was 500. The ex, uh, expected stats are even higher. Uh, XBA and X slug. So fastball will have to improve. Uh, his command of that is still kind of inconsistent, but I am, I'm all on board with McClanahan. Uh, Simeon, what are your thoughts? I feel like it's, I feel like you legitimately just read off my notes here. Eric. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to point out, I have a camera in your house. You didn't know that <laughs> the four seam could get in trouble. Um, but I think that the amount of rise that he gets from it, I think that'll help temper that from getting any worse or anything um even if he doesn't improve command that much i think just the amount of movement he gets on it will just kind of help out um but yeah i mean high fastball velocity high strikeout high strikeout to walk ratio super low sierra um the slider and curveball both create a ton of whiffs it's like there's nothing not to like here um maybe innings limit you could maybe point out yeah. perhaps but besides that he he looks so good and it's weird 150 I, innings you know, he was 123 this year 150 i think is reasonable yeah and it, this this year was so weird for me when i was doing my rankings because i typically don't like younger guys i typically am more suspect of them and i always seem to be lower on them compared to other people's rankings and then this year i feel like i'm so high on them but it's hard not to be because guys right. like him, Webb, and Peralta, and whoever else, it's just like they look so good. And it's not like we're looking at crazy small samples with them. And um, it's you just like, how can you deny it? So anyway, I, I just think he, he has so much potential and he could definitely even take another step forward. And um, I, yeah, I have him top 25 right now. As do I. And looking at, at Savant, the similar pitchers to McClanahan based on velocity and movement, Robbie Ray, Blake Snell, Carlos Rodon. Those are the three of them. The other two mm -hmm. are Kyle Mueller and Ryan Weathers, which is kind of odd. Um, but Ray, Snell, and Rodon, pretty Ryan good uh, company to be in. What's that? <laughs> That's a weird one, Weathers. <laughs> I know. I got, well, like, where's like that a, come from? Like a 16% strikeout rate. You wouldn't yeah. think he'd be up there with like yeah. Snell and Robbie Ray. But yeah, it's kind of. Not sure where they got that, but uh, yeah, definitely some good company to be him. Those uh, three I mentioned. Uh, Clegg, what are your thoughts here on uh, McClanahan? Yeah, I think y'all covered that pretty well. I'm a big fan as well. Just don't look at what he did tonight against the Red Sox, and maybe he'll tank his price a little bit. He got absolutely rocked, but yeah. it's okay. And when you look past it, look at the larger body of work. And if you adjust values based on you know one inning of playoff game, then you probably shouldn't. Just saying. So. You know, if, if somebody wants to drop his value, that's fine. I'll gladly scoop him up because I think that he's going to be phenomenal. The only knock on him, I think, is he he did get hit a little hard this year. And I think you can attribute that to some of the fastball location. Yeah. Just left it over the heart of the zone too much. You know, you correct that with that velocity. You get it up in the mm -hmm. zone, it's going to be hard to hit. So, yeah, he's definitely capable of doing that. And it's a small tweak for better results to an already great season. So, yeah, I think it's definitely there for him to, to take the next step forward. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have, I'm having a heart attack over here because it's now five to four. Boston in the top of the eighth, and Kiermaier just had a double, leadoff double mm. in the top of the eighth. So, uh, I'm, I'm a little, uh, Brazier. Mm. That's why Brazier, who always seems, I don't, 
You ever notice that Brazier's head is always like tilted to the side a little bit? <laughs> anyone ever notice that? Like he's yeah, always kind of like that. like that confused dog look, you know, and they their head at you. Like what did you just say? What does he want me to throw? <laughs> you want me to throw a slider? What? Um, and now uh, Rosa Reina's, uh they get top of the order. So Rosa Reina, then Wander up. This is not good. Yeah, and Wander they're leaving him, leaving him in. Okay. Oh, you know Wander's gonna hit. Wander hit a tank off Hulk. So yeah, Wander's just. Gonna be first, probably for you. See, Wander. I know this is completely off topic, but since we brought it up, you think Wander goes first round by the time we come to like February? No, you don't no. think he was that high? I don't there's, think anyone's that dumb. There's I, too I, much I he, talent at the top. I think he goes second round, though. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm running an article right now. I, I did that one projecting the first round, and I'm doing one for the second round. I have him in the second round. I think he definitely the second round, like pick 24, 25, something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah, towards yeah. the end, yeah, definitely. I don't know. He that. he hits a few more bombs and has some three hit games. Who knows? Like <laughs> people go gaga over Wander Franco, right? So, um, all right, getting back on subject here, uh, another rookie breakout this year, but one that was just much quieter, maybe because people hate this team. I don't know, but Luis Garcia had a very good year and uh, thirty total outings, twenty eight of those starts, one hundred fifty five and a third innings. 348 ERA, 118 whip, 26.4% strikeout rate for the Astros. He's quietly doing his thing, and he was very consistent throughout the year, too. One of the more consistent rookies this year. Uh, Simeon, what are your thoughts on Luis Garcia moving forward? Yeah, he kind of reminds me of McClanahan's profile, where his one weakness is the fastball. Um, he's got some locations it, issues with it, and it gets hit pretty hard. But besides that, he's got some really good breaking balls. Um, I mean, I just want to talk about his movement. His movement's insane. Um, the slider is above average in vertical movement and a, is at an elite level horizontally. The changeup is above average in horizontal movement. The cutter is above average in horizontal movement. The four seams above average in vertical movement. Like he's just he just gets so much movement off of his pitches. Where um, I think. I think his strikeout potential is higher than what we saw this season. Um, I think it was, let me check here real quick. So his strikeout was 26.4% and his swing strike percentage was 13.4. So I could really see that case uh, percentage getting closer to like 28%. Um, so I think he could even grow a little bit in terms of that. Uh, but like McClanahan, I think he's got to fix that four seam um, and the command issues and to really kind of like propel himself even further. But I do like him a lot. And I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. And, and Houston's another organization that's done a, a great mm -hmm. job developing uh, outside of Forrest Whitley. Obviously, that <laughs> kind of went downhill. But they, they seem to like all their guys were never like highly touted prospects. They, you know, they were decent prospects, but like, you know, the, you know, the Arcades of the world, the Luis Garcia's of the world, like these weren't like highly touted guys, but they seem to get the most out of these guys, turned them into valuable pitchers at the major league level. So uh, yeah, Luis Garcia, I am, you know, I think what he showed this year is legit. You know, the X ERA was almost a full run higher, um, but I'm not really reading in, into that too much. Like I looked at the arsenal here. Like you mentioned, the movement profile is very, very good here. Um, he can miss bats. He had four pitches, um, all of which he used between uh, above 9% of the time with a 36% whiff rate or higher. You know, the cutter, slider, changeup, and curveball. So um, definitely agree with a lot of you said there. Uh, Clegg, what are your thoughts? That's what I was exactly going to mention. You talked about uh, McClanahan almost joining those ranks of having three pitches with a 40% or higher whiff rate, but he was right there. I mean, the changeup was yeah. – 
had a 39.1% whiff rate, the curve at 36.2% whiff rate. So I think you fix the fastball command issues and it's the same thing. So I think it's a pretty fair comp there to say that the, the McClanahan profile that, you know, could be, you know, equally as good in my opinion. You look at this year and he had a tremendous year. So I don't see why it shouldn't continue that way moving forward. I mean, you know, he didn't get hit quite as hard as McClanahan. I mean, his average exit velocity is, is much lower, but even still, I think there's some work to do. I mean, you know, with the fastball velo being a little lower, you have to be able to locate it better. So that's what he's going to have to work on. But overall, I'm a big fan of the Arsenal. I think that he's going to be a great value in drafts next year. I'm not sure where he goes, but I do think that he'll be you know, really good value. Agreed. Would you guys be comfortable with him as your, let's say, SP3 next year? Yeah. Think so? Yeah. I think he's that good. You, you think he gets an SP2 territory? No, I don't think so. No, not quite there. No, I, I think SP3. That's kind of like where I was initially going was SP3. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think if I at least I, if I have two quality arms, I take the you know I wouldn't even say it's a gamble with him. I, I wouldn't even say that, but I go with the, the upside play, the young guy uh, that may, maybe could be an SP2 by the end of the year. I think he's definitely got that potential. I wouldn't rule that out. So, um, moving on, we have two more names here before we get out of here. Uh, let's go to one that was really a. Uh, a breakout in the second half of the season, Ranger Suarez, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, he made 12 starts and 27 relief appearances, moved into the bullpen second half of the year, and that's when people really kind of caught on to him. Finished with a 136 ERA, an even one whip, and 25.6% strikeout rate um, in 106 innings. One of the top uh, X ERAs in the league, top 4% there. A lot of his other metrics, X-Slug, Woba, X-Woba, hard hit rate, barrel rate, all in the top like 10 to 12% of the league. Barrel rate was 2.6%. Um, so he's kind of one that I'm, I'm having a hard time ranking uh, him in 2022. Like, I think I have him in the 60s right now. Maybe that's a little low. Maybe that's a little high. Uh, I'm kind of trying to figure out how I value this you know, second half outburst from Ranger Suarez. Uh, Michael, where where are you valuing him for 2022, and are you buying this? Yeah, I have him at 61. So we're okay. So we're in the same there. ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, reminds me of like a Hendricks. Uh, basically, just relies on really good command. Um, I the strikeout rate's a little inflated because it's going to be a little higher since he was in relief a lot. Right. But um, yeah, I mean his ability to induce weak contact is insane um you kind of again eric you're reading off of my sheet um i was just <laughs> gonna point out i mean the exit velocity is super low the brow rate of 2.6 percent is absurd um you know the hard hit rate is low right so that's why the xre era is so good because it's based off contact um so he just has he's pr- inducing a lot of it a lot of weak contact um but i don't really think strikeout potential is there so that's definitely going to limit him also small sample, so it's kind of hard to really buy into it as of right now. Um, I just kind of have him in that Kyle Hendricks range too, like kind of in that range where pitchers will probably give you decent ratios, but the strikeouts won't necessarily be there. Yeah, for reference, his K rate as a starter was an even 25%. Uh, was, uh, as, okay. as a reliever, eh, 26.6, not a huge Same. gap. But, but yeah, I, I kind of echo your thoughts there. I, I don't see him... 
Um, like I said, he has a, a good arsenal that uh, really lies on those three pitches. So, yeah, um, but I, I don't think, I don't see anyone, be, any one of those three being like a really high whiff rate. Like his changeup got a 39.8. I don't know if I believe that. So I, I do think the whiff rate, the strikeout rate does come down next year. So I'm still having a hard time valuing him, but uh, I, th- I think in the sixties, it's fine. I'd be okay with him as like my SP five or so. I don't think I'd want him as like one of my top three or four which was where he might be drafted. I don't know. I can't figure out where his ADP is, but uh, Clegg, jump in. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I kind of echo that. I was going to mention the strikeout raise a starter stayed pretty consistent. You know, even as a starter, he had a 1-5-1 ERA, 2-3-5 FIP, which is pretty impressive. I like the combo of getting the ball on the ground at a high rate, plus the strikeouts. I, I, I think the strikeouts could regress some, but even if he's, you know, a 23, 24% guy with the ground ball rate, it could play. I'm impressed that he built up innings so quick. You know, he went from mm. being a reliever and just jumped. He threw a complete game you know, at the end of September. It's Crazy. pretty impressive. Yeah. I've never seen a guy build up innings that quickly. You know, his first start out was three innings and 2.2, four point, you know, four and a third. And then it jumped all of a sudden. He's at six innings. And it's like his last couple starts were six innings, six innings, six innings, nine, and then seven. So pretty impressive. See, he's efficient too, which, you know, he, he doesn't throw a ton of pitches, which is why he can go deeper in the game. So. Uh, it, it could be a flash in the pan to end the year. It's hard to say for sure, but I'm I'm like y'all. I don't know where he'll go in drafts, and I think that'll kind of be the telling thing of whether I'll have him on teams or not. So it'll be interesting. Absolutely will. Last name on the list here, Carlos Rodon, uh, former top prospect turned, you know, he had some injuries, some poor performance, uh, but really, you know, it kind of took the Lucas Giolito route kind of sort of. Um, though he had a few years where he was just like decent, but not great. Then really had struggled 2019 and 2020. And though 2020 was a very small sample size, but came back this year, 237 ERA, 0.96 whip, and a 34.6% K rate uh, in 132 and two thirds. So he was battling some injuries down the stretch. Clegg, I'll kick it over to you here first. Are you valuing? I've seen him kind of in the back end ace, high end two territory depending where you look are you buying him at that level moving forward no because the injury risk i just think it's too high and you know he's a he's been good and he's shown the past he's capable of being a a solid arm you know especially he's a high-end you know prospect you know third overall draft pick in 2014 very talented arm but i just don't think he can stay healthy i think the performance was very good this year obviously i think there's regression he's not going to pitch to a, a low two zra again but even if he's a low three zra it's a solid arm i just worry about the innings you saw the innings were mounting up gets hurt and that's what i worry about moving forward ultimately while i think the performance can be good and i think he can be a top 20 arm i just can't really go there because of the the injury risk so i think he's more of an arm that's going to be and i'm going to be fading just for that point because i think he's going to go a little high in drafts for my likings yeah, that is, is one of my concerns. But then my second concern is, though he does have a changeup through it 12 and a half percent of the time, it was terrible. It was, yeah, he got a, a decent whiff rate on it, but the command of it was not very good. And you look at the metrics on it 367 betting average against 612 slug, 419 MOBA. This was not a good pitch. And he gives up a lot of fly balls. Launch angle is up there. Um, he's always going to be, I think, a, a high home run guy for the most part. Um, so I'm not buying him quite at this level, but, uh, Simeon, what are your thoughts here? Take us home. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to reiterate what both of you said, <laughs> a combination of the two. Um, yeah, I have some current concerns with the changeup. I don't think it's that good either. 
um, which leads him to a two-pitch pitcher. But the slider and fastball are just so unbelievably good where it probably wouldn't matter. Um, I definitely have him ranked lower than probably most people. I think I have him around like 30. Um, oh, really? Yeah, but because of the injuries. I mean, I was actually talking to Derek Rhodes about it a little bit, and uh, we were just going through it in 2017, shoulder inflammation. 2017, again, shoulder inflammation. 2018, shoulder injury 2020 shoulder soreness 2021 shoulder soreness slash fatigue that shoulder is not holding up and that scares the crap out of me um yes all the potential of the world really good stuff but too much injury risk for me to take him where he's gonna end up going yeah i, I think uh, i think we're all in the same boat there um but and one thing uh looking at his savant page here now uh, going back to that the similar similar pictures to him based on velocity and movement and there's a particular name that pops up twice they give you five names. This one name has popped up twice. And now I think about it, it's a great comp. Michael, are you looking at it right now? No. Okay. I want to see if you guys can guess this player. Um, similar Arsenal, good fastball, good slider from the left side. Injury was pretty much injury prone his entire career. Um, think about what he, he debuted 10-ish years ago around there. I already saw guesses? it. I was I was literally sitting right there on the thing. Oh, start <laughs> okay, don't, don't, there, so. don't give it away. Send me yeah. I I'll give you uh, still playing. <laughs> give him a team that he played on. Or I'll, I'll, I'll go with the division. He was AL Central predominantly, or at least when he was good and came up, he was AL Central. I have no idea. Okay, this might give it away. Minnesota. <laughs> and no, it's not Yoan Santana. <laughs> obviously he pitched uh, with santana i'm pretty sure dude i can't even think i francisco I literiano uh okay i would have never even thought of him <laughs> yeah i just have to, i was like that's a weird name when i saw that but that it kind of makes sense comp, though. though yeah i was thinking like yeah. i remember Loriano had a good fastball good slider from the left side just couldn't stay healthy that might be uh, he might be Loriano 2.0 but <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap us up. Before we get out of here, uh, Michael, I'll give you the floor here. Anything you want to pump up over at SP Streamer? Um, yeah, I mean, we are we redid our entire website, and um, we're going to be debuting it, I guess, if you want to call it a debut. I don't know. Um, but we're going to have it launched uh, most likely Monday, um, and as well as my top pitcher rankings and a couple new articles on there as well. And uh, besides that, that's it it's going to have a background image of Jared Kelnick is, is that <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I heard my sources within the SB streamer world tell me that is a background image of Jared Kelnick. Can you confirm his, or deny that his face is not allowed on my website anywhere. So. <laughs> if anybody tries writing about Kelnick, Simeon just shuts him down. He's like, no, you're not going to do that. There will be no, unless it's like, an article about how much he sucked this year. Maybe that you'll allow It's that. so funny because I don't even like, I don't even not like him. Like, <laughs> I literally just did it to bother you at first, Eric, because I thought it was funny. And then <laughs> we had the turn- bet. And then we had the bet. And then I had to go all in at that right. point. Yeah. It and hurts. the best part is when people thought we were serious. <laughs> I was just and they were like, that. How, why do you hate him so much? I don't get it. I'm like, no, I'm yeah. joking. I yeah, was going to say that people like that. thought we were like legit, like dueling and I'm like, no, this Fighting. is 110% a stick. <laughs> like we, we talk about it behind the scenes, like how funny it is. Yeah. And, uh, it's just like a thing that we started. Yeah. We started, you know, poking jokes at each other and it just kind of grew from there with the bat and everything. But yeah. it was fun. It was a fun little ride, but uh, it was. 
yeah that's gonna wrap us up thanks michael for coming on that was a lot of fun we'll have to have you on again later on this uh, off season we'll talk some more pitching obviously so we'll have you back on whenever yes. you want to come on you can come back on you're, <laughs> I you're appreciate a friend, it as like i said as long pod. as it's not a weekend let me know i know yeah for those of you listening on a tuesday or one day after our normal release you know Simeon over here couldn't record on a weekend for I don't know why, but uh, we had to record I've, tonight on Monday. I'm a very popular person, Eric. Okay, I have social <laughs> events to attend to. <laughs> social <laughs> events. Did you just get back from vacation? Should you be working now? Well, I mean, I'm getting ready for my next vacation in Arizona. You know, yeah, yes. vacation mode. Back social events. Yeah, see you guys in two days. But th- yeah. this is you guys a hug in two days. It's gonna be this awesome. Is, this is a work event, you know, air quotes. This is a work event, right? We're not taking this as a vacation. This is a work. Yeah, event. true. Kind of, kind of, sort of both. But all right, thanks to everyone for listening again this week. We hope you all enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter. Michael is at SP Streamer. Chris is at RotoClegg. I am at Aircross04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Check out all of our written work at FantraxHQ.com or over on our Patreon, and of course, check out SPStreamer.com as well. And make sure to tune in in again next week for more Dynasty and Prospect Talk. But until then, everyone take care. Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable.